G'day, Jonesy here. On this episode of Power Up Your Business podcast, we speak to husband and wife team Grant and Renee Walker, who have been operating their electrical business for the past 18 years. We were getting drunk on the sales. We now know that. We just had all these guys working. We were super busy, so we thought, well, there can't be any problems. And then one day we turned around, we couldn't pay the bills. Why can we not pay the bills? Learn from Grant and Renee how you can successfully work together as a husband and wife team and also learn some really cool processes so you can effectively manage your business better. Today's episode is brought to you by The Cube Software Platform, assisting business owners how to plan, market, and improve their financial decision-making. To find out more about The Cube, go to www.thecube.network and click Request a Demonstration Now. You're here to change your life. Because there's too much on the line, you're sacrificing shitload now and your family need to benefit. You've got to make learning a passion for yourself. The clicker for me come, I realise that, hey, I've got to get better at business. Welcome to this episode of Power Up Your Business Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Jones, and I'm here with my co-host, Craig Bush-Markham. Jonesy, how are you? Good, thanks, Bush. Really excited to listen to our guests in this episode. We've got Grant and Renee from Grant Walker Electrical. Welcome. Thank you. Hey, boys. How are you? Very good, Grant. Good to see you guys. Excited about this one, Jonesy, the husband and wife team. So, Grant and Renee, you've been operating your business for 18 years now? Yep. Yeah, 18 years ago. Started out as uh, just a sparky, just me. So you start that journey, but often, very quickly, it can change from a a dream to a bit of a struggle. Yeah, not wrong. And that's what I really want to you know, share th- today, that ups and downs and the flows. So, Grant, just sort of starting with you, in those early days, yep. getting started. Mate, it was really good because I pretty much divided my time between working, between surf sort of thing. So, if the surf was good, I'd put work off. If it was bad, I'd do extra work. So, yeah, very classic lifestyle business. None of the kids we've got now either, so it was just really good. Keeping it simple, then it starts to get more complicated, more complex. Yeah, then I got a little bit busier, had to get a hand, so an employee, um, and then it just built from there. Had one employee, then another one, and so on. And for a lot of the listeners out there who have got a husband and wife team, what what are the, some of the challenges that you find? Like, you know, a lot of people say, look, you take your work home with you and stuff like that, you know? And- it's all intertwined. We're always working, but we're actually never working. So there's advantages and disadvantages to that. Can you ever get away and relax? If we go down the South Coast from a Friday, come back Sunday night and we try not to emphasise so much on business. Because it's important just to get away and rest ahead for you guys. We're always trying. It's just a matter of, you know, how much of it you can achieve. So it's kind of either on or off sometimes. Sometimes we just go, well, that's it. We're just going to draw the line. We're just not available for two weeks. And we come home and we just, you know, mop up. Sometimes one of us will go. Grant will go on his surfing trip every year and just dump me in it so deep that, you know, really that's not good for the marriage. It's in, a, it's in about four weeks' time. So. Well, well done, Grant. I've got to encourage it, to be honest. I think he needs it. Yeah, yeah, I do. But on that, because that's one of the keys that we really try and push and believe in is that separation. 
and it's all about quality, not quantity. Sometimes when you're in that 24-7 mode, work, 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 you often reactive. You haven't got a time to actually reflect because often yeah. what you're doing is you're just looking at what's coming forward, what's happening, yeah. what's got to get done as opposed to stopping, standing back, reflecting. Hey, which work are we making money on? What type of customers do we want to work for? What type of processes do we need to put in place to actually free us from the grind and that hamster wheel? Yeah, yeah. and yeah. look, that's where we really are now. Like We've recently onboarded a big new client. And it is really, really hard client to onboard. We've been after them for two years, but we're very interested in them because it's the first time we can see that someone can run our business for us, that they don't want a piece of me and they don't want a piece of grant. They will accept a manager. And we've had some problems in the past where we've had people come in and manage our business and it hasn't worked. So we're looking for clients now where the profit's right, the cash flow's right, but they'll accept someone other than us. And that comes back to having the systems in place, that you can put someone in there to manage a contract. It's often the client doesn't trust the processes that you may have in place. So that's why they'll always come to you. Whereas as a business owner, the first things from a success structure point of view is actually having processes in place. I used to take every phone call. Now I'm just giving it to my leading hands and all that sort of stuff to say, you guys deal with that sort of thing, you know. And how are you feeling about that now? Yeah, it's a lot better. I get probably a quarter less phone calls a day, which is pretty good at the moment. That's good. You know, yeah, yeah. So the key thing there is you taking that massive step back. Back, yeah. Allowing people to come forward yeah, yeah. and take ownership. Yeah, yeah. And I think a big part, we have accepted that our staff won't do it as fast as we can do it. They won't do it exactly how we want to do it and they will fail and that's okay. And once we've onboarded that concept, we're finding it a lot easier and we know that we're now at that stage of our business. If we don't let it go, we're actually creating dissatisfaction amongst our clients because we're too big now to be doing it on our own. So we used to just think, well, we'll just throw more at it. We just work harder. We've got nothing left. There there is no working harder now to get to them all. It's just actually not possible anymore. Yeah, and that was my mindset too. The harder I work, the better it is, but I'm just starting to figure it out. It's it's not even if we wanted to work harder, we actually just – haven't got enough hours in the day anymore because we've got too many stuff, we've got too many clients and like, you know, when when does this stop? And we're at a point where really we just really want, I haven't picked the date yet, but I want to just draw a line in the sand and say if it doesn't get easier by that point, we want out. Yep. Because you've just got it. like we've got lots of kids, they're little kids, so we want an easier life. Spot on. And the key thing around that is you want to be there when they're growing up. You want to be there, especially in this day and age, you want to be able to, what I call, it's about being home but actually being present in mind. Yeah. So often you're yeah. home with the kids. You might be playing with the kids but in the back of your mind you're thinking about, I've got to answer that email, yeah. I've got to fill up that quote, I've got to get the boys sorted. You're not actually, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. You're not actually seeing the kids. That's ha- me 100% of the yeah, time. Yeah, me too. And that's not life, All, correct? Always. We, we are always thinking about the business. And that's it. Well, for myself, my personal point of view with our business, when I walk through the door, I want to physically, not physically, but I'm thinking I'm just going to take my work hat off and I've got to make sure I'm present in mind with my home hat on. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Do you know, a lot of it stems from 
I always worry about the business. I always feel like it's just about to have something bad go wrong. I never feel safe. And it's actually ridiculous because if you look at it objectively, it's been growing and doing well for nearly 20 years. We've just renovated this big house in Bondi. We're supporting all these kids, but I don't ever feel safe. So I'm always like, okay, better watch that. Got to do this. Got to do that. Where it's just that sense of urgency all that all the time. And I think that comes back to, again, everything relies on you. Nothing relies on an asset, which in this term I'm going to frame as a system and a process. Now, I want to sort of step back for a second in your journey. About 18 months ago, two years ago, there was a catalyst for change regarding clients, non-payment. But it was a bit of a light bulb moment, Renee, from your point of view that really said, hey, I need some more assistance, some more admin support. How do I start to you know, get more on the business rather than being reactive all the time? Just want to frame that about that 18 months, two years ago. Yep. Look, we were getting drunk on the sales. We now know that. We just had all these guys working. We were super busy. So we thought, well, there can't be any problems. And then one day we turned around. We couldn't pay the bills. Why can we not pay the bills? Everyone's busy. So we were so drunk on those sales, we had lost sight of the bigger picture, which is that the jobs weren't making enough money and the clients weren't paying quick enough. So if everyone had paid me on that horrible day, I would have been fine. But guess what? They didn't all pay me. And it actually took me another, I'm still trying to get the money out of people actually. So. And that was two years ago. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I'm a solicitor. I mean, I should be able to get money out of people, but for whatever reason, we're still fighting that battle. So we came to realize that our, the client we valued most was actually a terrible client. And you valued that client because they kept you busy, correct? Correct. Yeah, yeah really, really busy. On the hamster wheel. Yeah, hamster yep, wheel. That's pretty much what it was. Look and now here, we look back on them and we realize there wasn't, they were making us take big hits at the end of a job. They were holding us over the barrel of more work to come. Look, you're going to have to take a hit on this one, but don't worry, I'm going to give you that job. They were getting our profit margins down, you know, well under what our other work was because it was the volume. And they were stringing us out for payment so that we were relying on probably 70% of our sales to come from one person. So when we couldn't pay the bills, there was only one solution and it was to get it out of them. And that was a very unenviable position to be in, especially when the relationship started to go bad and has now ended. How did that, how'd you feel? Sorry, Grant. How'd you feel when you finally cut it? Did you basically sack them? Yeah, yeah, we did. Look, it didn't, we did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, we got to a point where the, the relationship just couldn't work anymore because they wanted something from us that we could no longer give them. And um, and it wasn't the fact that we couldn't no longer give, give them. We just didn't want to, you know. Like we were at that point where it was to say, do we keep going and keep getting used like this or do we actually just say, you know what, see you later. So that's a really so, courageous de- decision yeah. and a lot of – most of our listeners will relate to that. Yep. Most of our listeners will relate to the fact that they are getting strung along a lot, but they're like, well, what do I do? The hard call when the decision to make is to cut it and walk away. Yeah. But that's where we really come down to confidence. That's where it's really, as a business owner, am I confident in myself as a leader? Am I confident in my systems? 
and I'm and am I really confident in our team that you know what we can actually go out and get and that's yeah. that's exactly yeah. what happened because when we had those problems we then went from being quite independent to getting external expert advice so Craig who's a good mate of ours just sat us down and said listen to me flick them get rid of them I've got your back we're going to draw that line they're out yeah, right? but I got that from Matt 10 years ago <laughs> right, he got all the accountants in and they worked my books and said, see that figure? You need to change it. There's your problem. And to have the guts to tell your biggest client to go away, it's a hard thing. We had to um, put off staff, which we'd never done before. We spent money while we were losing money. So we were cutting staff but putting different kind of staff in and bringing in expert advice. So we're... We know we're losing our biggest client. We're having to put off the employees that pr- that probably we never should have had because they weren't um, earning their keep. But then putting your hand in your pocket to get some more admin assistance and some ex- fairly expensive um, external advice. It's the hardest position to be in where sales are going south and then yeah. your investment's going north. But credit to you guys. For believing in yourself that you knew you had to make a change and make yeah. a difference. Yeah. Coming back to the team members when you're saying it didn't earn a keep, that's that classic scenario that I'm sure you would have been in where you got a lot on yeah. and you're seeing in front of you all this work. So all of a sudden you just think, I need someone with a heartbeat just to jump on the tools, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Our accountant looked at our books. Within five minutes, he ran his eye down. He said, See that figure? He said, Your sales are out of proportion to your wages bill. He said, Get rid of three. Did you know the percentage, like the labour percentage at that stage? It was it was terrible. It was half. 50%. Yeah. Massive. Mm. And this comes back to knowing your numbers, everyone. You've got to yeah. know your numbers. Don't yeah. just make a call off a gut feel. Yeah. Oh, it's fine though. We were busy. We were so oh, yeah, busy. Yeah, we're busy and we were important. <laughs> and, and we had so many guys working for us. Look how great we're doing. It's a common trap though, isn't it? Like if you think about what you just said, Renee, and it's a powerful, powerful position that you were in to be able to make that decision, but also how enlightening and how free did you feel after just biting the bullet? And I, I witnessed it. I watched you guys do it, and it's a great thing. It's the best thing that's ever yeah, happened to our business. You know, change doesn't happen when you think you're doing well or you are doing well. Change happens from a problem. We've got a far better idea about reporting so that we can adjust the levers as it's going along. I can tell you off the top of my head now what our sales should be, what they are, what our profit is, and our balance sheet. And you know, they were, they're they're basic things that I'm now embarrassed to say that I didn't look at. We had sales of nearly two million dollars, and I didn't know which clients were making money, which weren't. I'm so embarrassed that I, I, embarrassed. I know that now. But Here's the beautiful thing: you're part of the biggest group in Australia, <laughs> so that's a that's yeah. a membership that's a membership that we all have a card to. And unfortunately, for some of us, including yourselves. That membership's expired. It's 99% of the business owners that we see do not know their numbers. So it's that whole thing where the workshops that we do, so many business owners say exactly the same as what you said, Renee. I'm embarrassed to know, but don't worry about yeah. it. And this yeah. comes back, Grant, what we we're yeah. saying. As a tradie, we're taught to just to do more. Yeah. I don't need to worry about the numbers. If I do more jobs in a day, I'm going to be better off financially. Yeah. Matt, you've run by this ever since I've known you for the last 15 years. And you've said to me the first day you Business is run by the numbers. If you let the business run the numbers, it'll be sustainable. You deal with more than or over a thousand tradies each year when you do your presentations at Reese and everything else. How common 
in that number of a thousand tradesmen is this problem? About ninety nine percent. There you go. When I do it, just so I've got thirty business owners in a room. Some have just started for a year. Some have been operating for thirty years. Do you know this number? Do you know your net profit margin? Do you know your labour costs? Yeah. Most of the time, there is no one putting their hand up. Tradies, especially in the tradie business, we just look forward. That's the thing. I've just got to look forward. Yeah. Where? Oh, look, I've got some jobs coming up. That oh, must good. be That's sweet. Good. Yeah. Look, I'm, look how busy I'm getting. Yeah. Clean up the toolbox because yeah. it's all presentation. It's all the stuff that it's important. But the numbers are really the main driver, aren't they? The thing is that if you nail the numbers, it should set you free because that feeling of risk all the time should go away because on the 30th of every month, I have someone crunch the numbers and I call Grant and I say, listen, the sales are all right, the profits are all right, the balance sheet's all right, we're good to go. What I call that is just sleeping, you know, having sleeping yeah. easy with yeah. a peace of mind. Yeah. If you know your numbers, you know your sales pipeline, what's coming up, you know your profit margin, you know your cash flow, Yeah, yeah. happy days. There's no, you're not being reactive anymore. Can I just touch on one point you make, Renee, and I reckon it's a great point. It's really interesting to hear you say it. I think that nervousness is also a good thing. So I don't think it's it's good not to be nervous because then complacency creeps in. And I love that your nervousness is a new one. Now you would be nervous. So in, in ref- reference to what you just said, to your balance sheet's good, your profit margin's good, your uh, wages percentage is good. If you're happy at the end of the month, your nervousness goes away. But if it's not good, do you get nervous again? Not so much because I make changes so that I don't have the same problem next month or I'm choosing to have that problem. Like we're onboarding this client at the moment and I know my numbers are going to be terrible for a little while, but that's okay because I'm accepting that. So it's just being able to see it, take the time to prioritise it. I mean, we've still got a long way to go on getting all of our analysis right, but even just having that basic level where I'm hitting six numbers and looking at them on the 30th or the 1st of every month is probably the best thing we've done for our business in 15 years. So I liken it to previously it was just guessing. And I was really gambling on your decisions because you didn't know, but now you know the numbers. Yeah. Or frame well, do you know what Grant used to say to me? He'd say, well, babe, we can pay the mortgage every month, so we must be making money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we were, we were busy. I just said, we well, busy. we're busy. How, how can we not be making money? How can we not be? Look how busy we are. I've got all this work coming up. But, but what it was, wasn't actually right because we were getting an overdraft to fund it. So I'm like, yeah, well, of course there's money. We keep borrowing more. <laughs> Just dip it into the kitty. Yeah, that's it. But now you're in that stage where you're making educated decisions. I'm making an educated decision where, as you just mentioned, I'm going to maybe lose money this month, this quarter, but that's okay because we're going to see it rebound the following quarter, which is a really powerful position to be in. And coming back to what you were saying, Bush, about being you know, lack of confidence or nervousness, this is what I frame as it's about being uncomfortable what the journey you've been in the last 18 months, especially what you're going through, Grant, yeah. is actually you're being uncomfortable. What that means is you're getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. We're getting you off the tools, looking at the numbers. Yeah. And that's being uncomfortable. Yeah, it is. It you're is. doing something that's not natural to you. Yeah. And listeners out there, if you're not being uncomfortable, you're not growing, you're not learning, yeah. and you're not becoming a better leader. Yeah, that's it. So you're really – the catalyst for change has really made you uncomfortable, which is great. That means you're getting better. Yeah. yeah. Look, we, we constantly have this challenge between ourselves where Grant is very ingrained in what you would call that tradie mindset where he's just taking jobs. And since we had those problems, my mindset it has changed a lot 
So I'm constantly challenging him and saying, listen, flick all them. He can't. He, yeah, he no. can't. His idea is always, well, if things go bad, all the little guys are going to keep me going. Or, no, I just want to keep taking the work. And I'm sorting to him. I said, see this board? You've got clients that are making 30% profit. You can't service them because you're too busy going and changing Mrs. Smith's light bulb in case there's a recession one day and she's going to pay your bills. Grant, we've got four kids and a mortgage in Bondi. Mrs. Smith ain't paying no bills anymore. I I have actually in the last probably four to six months started knocking back jobs that I never would have before. So I'll just say, look, we're too busy. I can't do this. Sorry. Um, What was the decision to do that? What what made you do that? Just realising that. I can't service everyone. Do you know what I mean? And I've got to pick my sort of my targets, my clients. Your niche, what yeah, you need to be yeah, good at. And yeah. the other thing too is we're in a, a place now where interest rates are at an all-time low. There's only one way they're going and that's up. We don't know how hard they're going to go up or how fast, but that's my next thing I'm worrying about. So I'm trying to prepare our business for that because we can all make money when – the, the economy is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone, so, everyone bubbles along. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to move our business into areas that are going to keep us safe for whatever's coming in the next five oh, yeah. years. It's great. Yeah. Like schools, we're trying to get into schools. We're trying to get diversify where our money's coming from. So we've got a little bit of industrial. We've got grants construction and we're trying to get all this work for schools. Then we kind of got our pubs. So I feel safer once the eggs are in the other basket. So it's trying to drag Grant into this process of see this where I want to go. Don't do what you've always done. We're trying to get here. So you have to do things different because if you're doing the same thing, you're going to get the same results. So you have to be doing things different. And we're just trying to recession-proof the whole business too because it it will come. 100%. Um, Hope it doesn't, but it will. So – the construction side booming in Sydney at the moment um, has been for a couple of years, but it's not going to last forever. That's the work we love doing, but we've realised that we actually have to diversify if we're going to survive. So, so on that note, recession-proof, getting uncomfortable, looking forward, protecting the farm, as it were. Renee, you did the big transition, and this is where I want a lot of listeners listeners to take heed here and, and utilise some of the resources out there, which is what we call offshoring using offshore assistance to assist with your admin, uh, with your accounts. So that means they're not actually physically in your office, they're not actually physically in your state or in the country. Moving forward into that realm, which is a brave new world, correct, Renee, mm-hmm. and relating to how is that transition now? And has it been about an 18-month process moving to getting that offshore support? Yep. So in conjunction with these problems we had, at the same time, we just took this leap and um, employed people to work overseas for us in an admin capacity. So that was something that was very difficult because it was something that we didn't know anything about and it was another risk we were taking on the back of a difficult situation. But the problem I had um, was that I was getting so bogged down in the day-to-day crap that I was not getting to what was really my job, which was managing the business. And I knew that if I didn't get into that management role and do the things that I knew needed to be done, we were going to have a massive problem. So 
we did retain one person and now we have two to do all of our accounts and admin support. We were concerned about, well, you know, it's the sweats shop. They're not going to speak English. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to steal my money. And and these are in the Philippines, correct? That's right. Yeah. And we've had nothing but a positive experience. Um, they cost us half what you'd pay someone to do the same job in Australia. They come to work every Monday, even if there's been a festival on on the weekend. Or a typhoon. Even if it's a typhoon, they come mm. to work. They value their job. I've gone and seen the premises for myself. It's an awesome working environment. We have an office in Sydney that mimics the office somewhat over there. Their attention to detail is extraordinary. I ask my lady to do 99 things. She will do 98. Here we're getting a hit rate of maybe 60%, and that's kind of acceptable here for some reason. Um, the communication hasn't proved to be a problem. We Skype all day just as I would talk to someone sitting at the desk beside me, I will talk to her via Skype or message her. We have quite a personal relationship. She's been here. I go over there. At the end of the day, they can't get your money because they can't get into your bank account. So any of those ideologies are fall away. So it it is, again, that uncomfortable step. But if you need to cut costs in your business, it's a it's an easy one. It's a big one to cut straight away. Well, it's really an investment. It is. It is. Because actually that investment's freeing up time. You, And from my experience, the Philippines and other offshore uh, sort of assistants, they're high quality and they're highly educated. Yeah. My, my accounts ladies are accountants. Yeah. yeah. And so, she's so diligent sometimes when you give her a job, you have to – you try and get them to just cut a corner and – do something a bit quicker and they're like, oh, no, 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 I don't feel right about doing that, you know. So, That's the tradie yeah. in you, Grant. Yeah, yeah. Just cut the corner. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. That's a surfer in him, actually. That's yeah. a surfer, yeah. <laughs> but the support that, to get uncomfortable, though, who, who really helped you on that journey overseas? Who did you sort of seek out to assist you moving offshore? Because you couldn't do that alone, correct? Yeah, so we got, adv- we got some advice and um, there was a company set up over there called Convert and they helped us transition into that role. So you don't just independently employ someone. You go. You didn't just jump on a plane to the Philippines and with no. a sign say, hey, right. look, who's yeah. looking for work? Yeah, no. That's right. So they will assist with the recruitment process. They explain to you, you know, how communication can work. Uh, they give you an idea about how much, you, you know, what the, these people expect to get paid, what you, what you can get for your money. Uh, you know, if you want to pay this amount, you get this kind. If you pay a bit more, you get whatever. So they can take you through that process. And do they manage the desk over there as well? Can they manage on the ground over there for you? Do they have people over there that assist you with that as well? Yes. So you'll have a couple of convert employees that might take care of 10 other employees that, you know. From other other organisations. Yeah. 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 And does that having that support there, going into the new type of work that you're going, like some of the larger Companies yep. that you're looking at, they're obviously going to be admin heavy, correct? They're probably their compliance is probably 100%. high. Yeah. Their compliance yeah. on yep, some of the clients we've been going to and onboarding them um, has been quite extraordinary. Yeah. Takes takes longer to do some of the compliance than it does to do the job, and that's what suffocates yeah. most businesses yeah, yeah, when yeah. they take on yeah. those contracts. Yeah, they just can't. It's and again, tradies out there. We know you're great at doing the job. That is the easy part. It's the admin and everything that comes Look, this around is, it. This is the level we've got to now where if you want to play with the big boys, 
you better have some serious admin support because their compliance and the paperwork and everything they want you to do, you need, like we've got two or three people doing admin now and they're barely keeping up. Once you get to that next level where you are trying to deal with the bigger companies, it's just not a little job you do on the side anymore. And this now gives you that confidence that not getting freaked out by it's all about you and that you, you can sleep easy now that you've got that support? Well, even though it sounds like a cliche, I work on the business now instead of in it. Yeah. And I mean, not all the time, but I'm probably at least 70% doing the job that I'm most skilled to do and I no longer do the tasks that someone else can do. And these tasks are invoicing, scheduling, trying to get paid, following up all the, the basic mundane tasks, correct? Yeah. For most business owners, yeah, it takes much. up all yeah. your time and not leaving you enough time to, again, work on the business. And, again, framing working on the business means looking forward, looking at systems, talking to customers, well, making sure you've got the right numbers. All, Look at the big six grand, numbers that Renee talks the about. big six numbers, I love it. All yeah. Grant and I really are continuing to try to work to, and it's a process – we just want to be going around keeping everyone in their jobs. So managing into their jobs, making sure they stay in their job, make sure they're achieving their job and going around every morning, giving the instructions for the day, giving any support as required. And if we can get it to that and we've diversified our business, then I think Bring we'll the be recession happy. on. Yeah. <laughs> I think then we'll be happy. I love it because yeah. that's what we always – protest and put out there that in the good times, that's when you've got to work hard and you're prepared to thrive when others are just going to battle to survive. Yeah, yeah. Just finishing up now, what's one of the things for both of you that you see is really going to be, say, for the next couple of years, next two or three years, is going to be critical for your success? What do you think that you've got to maybe double down on and invest further and get more uncomfortable to ensure that you are really recession-proof? Without giving you too big a wrap. <laughs> we need to get more focused on where we want to be and do what we need to do to get there. We've got to stop just, oh, there's a flash note client. Oh, hello. Yes. Oh, you're going to throw me work. I'll take that. Shiny penny syndrome. Yeah. We Chasing need, we need to yeah, say this is where we want to be and it, a lot of that will be lifestyle choices and then we need to go back to where we are now and say if we want to be there, what steps do we have to take? And then just have the discipline to do those things, even if they're uncomfortable. And it's just that it's that working back process. We need an easier life. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sort of at the point where I'm just want to trust my boys now. They've been with me for long enough and give them that next step to just walk onto a job and run it instead of me having to be there all the time and, look at the work and run it, and then if I can get that done, then I can go back to what I was 18 years ago and go surfing in the middle of the day, that sort of stuff. Have a surf, enjoy a bit of things, then go back to work. And analyse the business with Renee yeah, and work yeah, from a high right. level down. Yeah. Grant, a question to you there. There's a lot of traders going to list this. Not all of them have the – one thing I've picked up in this podcast that I've learned about this dynamic husband and wife team is – it's so good that you diversify the roles. You know exactly where you sit. Now, Renee's not going to be doing a, um, a fit-out and a rewire of a house, nor are you going to be sitting there analysing the numbers. Yeah. 
But my assumption is that you give Renee as much as she needs to know, make those jobs profitable. Yeah. Renee gives you a lot of the feedback saying, Grant, that's, that's a go or a yeah, no-go, which is a really fortunate position to be in. What's your advice to the listeners out that are going to resonate so much with your story that don't have a husband and wife team, that don't have the benefit of the, of the two brains, if you will, or the thinking that you guys have together? The reason our business works is because I run the business and Grant is a electri- really, really good electrician. Grant couldn't do any of this run-the-business stuff and, and vice versa. So we have quite a strict line. And I'll say to him, that's not, a, that's not an electrical issue. That's mine now. They owe us money. Yeah. That's mine now. Um, we've got some dispute with someone. You're off. And having, like, that's one thing we don't really squabble over. We, we do have that quite strict line of what's yours and what's mine. And our skills do complement each other. So I say to Grant, if you're real, why do you have that conversation? You're far too nice for that. That was my conversation. <laughs> yeah. I've got to go down and I've got to go clean that up. True. So Let someone come in and say, yeah, take the yeah, yeah. Renee, shake good, it around. It's a good point you raise. So Grant, do you do you um, coach lead the tradesmen, whereas or, or is Renee going to take that conversation? Because my assumption is Renee's leading the back of house, you know, your administration yeah. and accounts. And, of course, Renee's touching point with jobs in the tradesman, but you lead them from a technical side. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I do all – I call it I'm construction, she's admin. So – I like to call it management. There's that, there's that boundary line, like she said. Um, unless it gets she, really she tough and you just call Renee. Just yeah, scream for Renee's unless name. Unless the boys have been misbehaving Look, and then she'll he, step in and tell them he'll, off. He'll right? ma- he manages all the jobs yeah. and he manages the boys until there's a problem. Comes to you. That's yeah. right. And then I'll do everything to do with paper and money – and any of the top-level stuff that Grant's got a problem on. So I just say to my boys, like we have, I think, 16 guys work for us now, and I just say, if you never see me, you're doing well. If you get called to the office, that's when you know that yeah, there's and, a problem. And it's funny because sometimes the they will out. and it's not even for anything so, bad. But sometimes like, I just need uniforms. <laughs> a, me- a message will go around and go, Renee wants me in the office, what have I done? What's going you on? Yeah. <laughs> no, awesome. Look, really appreciate you coming in today. Really, some of the key takeaways, and just to really frame some key takeaways for our listeners, number one, you've got to get uncomfortable to basically recession-proof your business. You've got to start saying no. Please do not get into that trap of just saying yes, 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 and just thinking the more you do is you're going to get ahead. But importantly, you need the right team on board. As Renee spoke about, you're getting convert on board, your accountant on board. But more importantly, obviously, Grant, Renee, and you'd – agree to this, you've both got to be on the same page. Yeah, that's it. You do. Rather you than do. often probably Grant in the yeah. past, you've been talking Arabic and Renee's been talking yeah. Chinese and you've both been saying, why don't they get it? Yeah, yeah, that's but it. But now you start to get yeah. towards English, yeah, correct? We've, we've started to learn not to tread on each other's toes in our own areas sort of thing, you know what I mean? That's great. Oh, I love, Matt, that what I love about and I know Grant Renee very well, as you know personally, and great friends. But this story is my story. This story is the story of everyone that we know. It's an everyday story. Yeah. It's an everyday story, but there's a difference. And you said it to me once when you worked with me 10 years ago. There were two businesses you were working with. I was one of them. And you said, mate, the difference was, and Renee did, and Grant typified that today, we made the changes. We were willing to make the changes. And Renee said she was investing more money while losing money. That's a very, very brave decision to make. Mm. And for the listeners out there, it's not all doom and gloom. It's actually about making the decision to make the decision. And the biggest thing I ticked off today's box for me as a, as a business owner, get the expert advice. Tiger Woods has three coaches. There's a reason. 
Yeah. You made that decision to invest. Didn't cost. A cost is when you just buy yourself something because you feel good. An investment is when you're getting a return. And the return yeah. you got, you can see it now. Yeah, it's it's very hard to see the woods between the Forest trees. The Some, trees yeah. yeah. Just to have someone external come in makes a big difference. And especially when it's a, a husband and wife, family kind of thing, we get so bogged down in the detail that you really need someone just to come in and shake you up and say, you know, get out of all that stuff, here's your solution. Yeah, and it's just a couple of ideas that they do throw at you that changes the way you think totally. Well, just get you to stop, stand back and go, Mm, isn't that interesting? Didn't think of that before, even though it's the blindingly obvious Well, you go through with blinkers on the whole time and then as soon as you take them off, you're like, oh, yeah, actually, it's better. It's like you said, you just do what you've always done. You know, you just do what you've always done. It's pretty impressive to see Grant go from, and I know Grant's an expert tradesman because everyone wants Grant to do their electrical work, but you see Grant go from just putting that tool down to picking up the iPad to sitting with Renee, looking at the numbers and coaching his team. And as you said before, coaching my boys, setting up the day and going surfing. Going surfing is a byproduct doing the hard work. It's not, it's not, it's not an abdication. It's a delegation. People want that responsibility as well. They don't want us micromanaging them, so it's it's creating wins. Well, hundred percent. It comes down to people want to be empowered. Yeah, that's it. People I, want to be entrusted. Yeah. I love what you said, Matt. Take a step back so others can go forward. But as Renee says, if they're not doing their job, you've got to manage them and you've got to get on top of them. Which is why you know you have those hard conversations, or you or you set it up. You set up so they don't fail. And as you said, you're managing them to their job. You've said to me too before is. Everyone's got 20% they're not good at and then they've got 80% that they're good at, whether it's personal work, whatever. So you've just got to not focus on that 20% that your employee can't do and say, well, what are are they good at, that 80%, let's put them in a role where they're using that 80% Mm. rather than setting them up to fail on their negative 20%. Like people love Grant, so he does all the nice kind of stuff. I'm a lot harder, so I do that. You know, you've got to find yeah, good cop, bad cop. You know? Works well, yeah, it does. But that's great advice. Yeah. Definitely focus on the positives as opposed to always focusing on the on the negatives. Yeah. So Grant, Renee, thanks for coming in today. Really, okay. really, really, really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Our Matt. Pleasure. Thanks. Our Thanks, pleasure. Love it. And when I first met Grant, Matt, he was just a young kid with black hair and a beard. And now he's a old tradesman with a grey beard and grey hair. Yeah. So he's going yeah. well. Yeah. Still got his hair. I'm only 24. <laughs> Looking better than ever. Well, thank you very much, Grant Renee. Great insights, insightful, informative, and high octane, if I may. You've been listening to the Power Up Your Business podcast with our host, Matt Jones, and you've been talking with Grant and Renee Walker from Grant Walker Electrical. See you next time.